everybody. It is day two at South by Southwest, and uh, I'm actually really excited. This is someone who I've been following for a very, very long time, uh, very impactful um, in the crypto space um, from all different levels. I mean, from a voice, a voice at the regulatory level, uh, a, a voice of inclusion, um, Clev Messidor, thank you for coming and joining us here at South by Southwest in the Stellar Lounge. How you been enjoying it? Oh my goodness, this is like my fourth or fifth South by Southwest, so I'm enjoying it, and I'm nice. particularly excited to be in the Stellar Lounge. Right, right, right. Well, you know, for a, a lot of folks that that uh, may have been under a rock somewhere and just turned this on, you know, give us a little background because uh, it's it's. I think it's an incredible story. Yeah, I I first learned about blockchain and cryptocurrency, Bitcoin specifically, when I served in the Obama administration. So I have a public policy background. I worked in Congress, worked in CNN's Washington Bureau, worked in national campaigns. Mm -hmm. And when I was serving in the Obama administration at the Department of Commerce as a presidential appointee, a friend had a Bitcoin project and wow. actually asked me to help him with the press release. I did. This was 2013. So Bitcoin stayed in my radar, but it wasn't until about 2015, 2016 when I actually went down that rabbit hole. And in 2017, I moved back to New York from D.C. and got immersed into the New York City ecosystem, which was so innovative, so much going on, that by that summer, I actually quit my job, wow. decided to become a startup founder. I was gonna, going to build a product on Ethereum for disruptors called Logos. Wow, okay. Then the best and worst thing that happened to crypto occurred. December 2017, Bitcoin hit 20,000. The industry lost its mind, but Washington started paying attention. Right. So, so 2018, we had this conversation about the regulatory environment. And at that time, there weren't that many of us who actually had Washington background and crypto mm -hmm. experience. So for me, I had to lean back to Washington because I knew there'd be a need to have conversations with the Black Caucus, Hispanic Caucus, API Caucus. So, so I, f I felt like I left Washington to come into this innovation space to be a founder. And now I've been able to be at that intersection of public wow. policy and innovation, which is awesome. Nah, that 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 that's <laughs> incredible, and and it's and it's clear, and it's interesting how that how that kind of played out. Um, you know, you talked about your experience in the Obama administration. Um, we have now the Biden, his his former VP is uh, is <laughs> yeah. now president. Um, that's got to be pretty cool. Um, you know, the executive order just came out. So I I mean, there's so much to talk about there, right? You. You remember when, you know, there wasn't any sort of, you know, discussion at a high level with, with blockchain and crypto. You mentioned the 20,000 hit. Yeah. It hit everybody's radar like, you know, holy crap, what's going on here? We got to figure <laughs> this out. Um, first of all, what was your thoughts, uh, uh, you know, when you saw the executive order coming out? What, what was your initial reaction? Yes. Finally. Oh, my God. They have been threatening to do this for a year now. Okay. So, so you know, obviously, as you've mentioned, the Biden administration has taken their time on crypto. And especially since coming in, it's all about COVID, right? Mm -hmm. And then we've had this economic downturn to deal with. So last year, the first step that the administration took was was launching this report, the president's, the president's working group mm -hmm. on digital assets. They put out a a, a, a report on stable coins, which was to really try to direct Congress to really 
start thinking about stable coins. Okay. And then they talked about appointing a crypto czar, somebody out of the White House that would be this this person that would be that conduit. Mm-hmm. So to see the executive order come through is a positive sign because I think there's been some friction between Congress and regulatory agencies right. about what is the path forward when it comes to the regulatory framework. So we were we were optimistic mm-hmm. but pleasantly surprised that the executive order focuses on entrepreneurship, innovation, and competitiveness, which is wow. where it should be. And obviously, you know, it's really calling for a study of the study. Right, right, right. But, uh, but to put crypto into this context of innovation and competitiveness and also to further the deepening the conversation around a CBDC, it's, it, was, it was a win, right? right? A win is we have to measure success, right? So, so it's a good path forward. You know, obviously, for me, I'm very focused on not just financial e- inclusion and economic empowerment. So my, my hope is that this will lead to a greater conversation about having more voices from the black and Latino community so that we can have an inclusive policy making right. as we're putting this together, but also making sure that we are prioritizing access to capital for entrepreneurs, yes. skills training so that we can prepare people for the jobs of the future. So if we're having this whole conversation about the future of work, which sounds so sexy, right? Mm-hmm. it's really about just making sure people have the skills. So. Blockchain and cryptocurrency has to be on the, on uh, on the table when it comes to the future of work. Yeah, I, you know that's exciting. So you know, you may know, my background is actually as an entrepreneur. Um, my wife and I we had a, a real estate company. Um, we just sold that. I'm kind of like you. Yeah, I just I just sold. We had a management a management company. We sold so I can go. I'm going full time with crypto now. And the main motivation that um, you know for founding Stellar Global um, and being involved with the network is the the focus on the finan- on, on, on creating access to the financial network. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned something about access to capital, right? Yeah. Um, and this is something I've even seen tweeted around here at South by Southwest is getting that, that sort of access. Yeah. Um, you know, coming from the traditional world, you know, what people don't realize is that banking is very much on who you know. It's a contact sport. Unfortunately, it is. Right. And when it comes to this whole thing about access to capital, people take it for granted. Mm -hmm. What it means is, at least the context I come from, small business is still the engine of America's economy. That means as we go into an innovation economy, our small businesses are entrepreneurs, startups, and independent contractors, e-commerce businesses. So those entities are probably not going to get VC funding. Right? right. But we still have to make sure that these founders can actually take their products to market. So when you look at being able to having the federal government innovate the 7A loan program so it's more oh, flexible. Man. Yes, you're talking my language, yeah, 7A yeah. loan program, yeah. yeah. So right now, most blockchain founders couldn't access it. Even even black and Latino founders that actually are looking at financial inclusion. So yes, we need to innovate that. We we need to actually create more access, more uh, capital programs for entrepreneurs because it's directly related to competitiveness. And also, you know, 
as the industry goes, and one of the things I love about Stellar, they're creating this whole network and supporting entrepreneurs within the crypto ecosystem, right? Yes. Because a lot of these micro-entrepreneurs, they actually have the networks in the communities that we actually need to engage. I, I, you know, I, For myself, I, I'm a member of a sorority. I'm an AKA, so screw oh, me to okay. my sorority. I know my sister-in-law, he just got excited right now. <laughs> yep. hey, okay, all right, all right. I'm an HBCU grad from Howard University. Nice, all right. Yeah. I'm from the Caribbean, so I have so all of these networks to tap. So when you look at you know being able to scale and in a decentralized manner, we need to make sure there are more resources for entrepreneurs to grow. Absolutely, I love it. I love it. See you, you, now you see why I, I had to have you have you come in and swing by the lounge. Um, you know, you, you mentioned the 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 SDF, right? And um, you know, I know that uh, you've had a, a growing relationship over. I think, matter of fact, that's how you, you came across the radar. You were part of Meridian, um, and for what I'm hearing, you've been doing a lot of things, you know, with them over the years. I was just hoping maybe you could maybe expound on that and, and give some background on how that relationship started. Yeah. So one of my one of the hats that I wear right now is I'm an advisor to the Blockchain Association, including leading the National Policy Network of Women of Color and Blockchain. Wow. And Stella is one of the members of the Blockchain Association. So uh, through my work with the Blockchain Association, I've been able to coordinate with Stella on various projects. Again, focus on you know fostering innovation, but also inclusion. So it's it's wonderful that they're one of you know of my nice. favorite Blockchain Association companies, but also they're focused on the great things. And they have a badass female CEO. Oh yes, so. shout out to Danelle. <laughs> no, Danelle. You know it's a uh, you know um, you know you heard me talk about family all the time because they're always watching. My mom watches, and I guarantee you, you know I, I remember when she first uh, I did an interview with Danelle. She was like, I like her. She's yes. like, baby, I, I like. She, she's she's a fan of Danelle. So yeah, shout yeah. out to Danelle Dixon uh, and my mom for watching. By the way, um, appreciated the the one view I get guaranteed <laughs> for these interviews. Um, you know, uh, something that that's kind of littered uh, throughout our conversation so far is the um, the opportunity yeah. um, and a potential huge impact for for Black and Latino uh, men and women that are out there yeah. to really have a, a seat at the table yeah. with, with with blockchain. Uh, we've seen this the craze of NFTs and something that I think that people took for granted. They're like, oh, it's yeah. just you know, it's just doodles on the screen. But, um, you know, something we were talking about earlier is the huge impact, especially for our communities, um, that it poses. I, I was just curious to get your thoughts on, 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 on what blockchain and, and NFTs, you know, kind of opened the door to. Yeah, yeah. And the good thing is we now have data that shows that black and Latino communities are leading national adoption of cryptocurrency by double digits. Really? That is huge. Okay. Huge. There was a there was a Chicago North poll that showed that, a Harvard Harris poll that shows that, as well as a Morning Consult poll. So it's wow. indisputable. This is what crypto looks wow, like. Wow, right? that's amazing. Yeah. That, that, that's huge. That's huge. And one of the reasons for that is the people galvanizing, gravitating towards crypto are there for folks who have been locked out of the traditional financial system. And when people hear that, yeah. they actually think of just the unbanked. And absolutely, right now, 63 million Americans are either unbanked, underbanked, or lack access to the traditional financial system. So yes, when it looks like that, that look at that number for the black and Latino community yeah. isn't the unbanked people who never had a bank account but it is also 
entrepreneurs like us, that's professionals right. like us, right. right, who make good money, right? Within a household, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I'm, I'm gonna start preaching in here. Yeah. Go ahead, keep going. But, <laughs> but we have always been. It was challenging for us to access new financial assets class, right? Ah. Build wealth. Things like the SEC's accredited investor rule is intended to keep us out. It's so Even true. though we got the degrees, you know, we actually are professionals. We're doing the right things, right? So it's not just the unbank. Right. It's professionals who have been locked out. And then also... It is our institutions, right? Mm-hmm. Our nonprofits, some of our businesses. One of the examples I like to share is black churches, right? Black okay. churches tend to deposit hundreds of thousand dollars a year into their bank accounts, right? Mm-hmm. Some of them half a million dollars, two hundred fifty million dollars. Those same institutions cannot get a bank from that, get a loan from that same bank. That's How amazing. is it that I, as an institution, annually deposit? Let's say two hundred fifty thousand dollars, right? But I don't qualify for you for for a loan from you. And it this, doesn't make sense. And people don't like you said. I'm glad. I'm so glad that we're having this conversation because, you know, I remember first getting involved, even even talking to folks uh, at Stellar about you know the unbanked, and I remember saying exactly what you just said: is that no, this is my community. This yeah. is. I mean, you know, this is my community because you're absolutely right. There's that. Um, you know, even my, even like myself, I had good credit. I had good credit. I had money in the bank. Yeah. And it wasn't until I started to, you know, network and grow friends outside of my community that I realized, wait a minute, you're getting those type of loans, those sort of access. And, you know, thankfully, we were able to move through. But that's exactly why I got so involved was because, you know what it took? It took somebody else giving me an in and saying, yeah, hey, go talk. Go talk to Sam. I, 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 you know. I, I know him, you know, and, I, and that's what I realized that is that even though on the surface you have these kind of like, uh, you know, requirements, that really the secret is, is the relationships. Yes. And what excited me with blockchain, as you're so eloquently or, or, or illustrating here, is that that's what excites us is this as opportunity. Like I had, uh, I had uh, Tomer, he's a VP uh, with the SDF and, and, and their tech side, talking about, you know, creating DeFi products that have access to some of the institution, something called permissioned pools. And so, you know, the fact that, hey, you know, no matter your color, you know, you go on a screen, you tap in, you have the money, you meet the requirements, you have access to it. Yes, and it's all we want. It should be a simple. <laughs> it's just a level playing field. That's, it. That's all it is. And 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 let's take that being locked out of the traditional financial system to NFTs, right? Right. Because when it comes to NFTs, we're talking about creators. And before the segment, we were talking about Basquiat, right? Who great example. When he died, he was an apprentice for Warhol. So Warhol right. and his his estate gets all of the entities and. I'm Haitian American. Basquiat actually was half Puerto Rican, half Haitian. Really? Yeah. Man, yeah. He's, repre- he's representing. We're representing. taking over. But but when you look at the pain point for creators, right? Whether they're writers or artists or musicians, or, or, or you know just po- poets, creators have always had this pain point, right? How do I first protect my intellectual property, monetize yes. it, create a marketplace? They just found a tool that does that, that's blockchain, right? That's cryptocurrency, that's smart contracts. So they did not stop being creators. They actually are just now finding that tool, the solution they've been looking for. And I think that's when when crypto works best, when we actually 
provide a solution for consumers. And but but it's not just the fact that now they have a solution. It's now now they get to protect their intellectual property. They get to digitize it and monetize it, right? They get to actually profit. Right. On that first sale and even on the secondary market, that's yes. game changing. Game changing. I mean, yeah. You, I mean, when you look at uh, you look at the the, the growth of, of hip hop, you look at. Um, yeah. I mean, shoot. Even um, Anita Baker is another oh my artist. God. I mean, she wrote all of those songs. She helped produce all of those songs. It wasn't until I want to say just within the last year did she start to actually make money off of the work that she did. I mean, we're talking about billions of capital that she generated that could have gone to her community that could have gone to uh maybe her own her own vc firm who knows what she would have done if she had all that so you know yeah the 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 role that we see in creatives especially in the the black and latin communities is 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 unsurmountable it's it's incredible and when you look at the nft marketplace oh my god it is so inclusive it is so diverse and you know it, it 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 has shown us that for crypto, if we can find the pain points for consumers and meet them, we can actually continue to grow this crypto economy that is really going to fuel the, the global innovation you know, ecosystem. Now, this is incredible. Um, I know that uh, we have a, a couple more times where, like I said, we have this whole hackathon, stellar NFT hackathon that's going on right now. Um, you know, before we before we, we leave off here, um, for for those that are listening, and especially in like I said, in the, in the Black and Latin communities, they want to get involved. Um, what's the best way to tap in um, to what you're doing and and um, and become active and get their voices heard? Yeah. Well, I will say one of the reasons I talk about the Black and Latino community all the time mm-hmm. is because when it comes to inclusion and diversity, we are actually locked out of that as well. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, when you talk about inclusion and diversity, you know, you include women, right? You include you know, people from the Asian community. And then we are often the fact that it's diverse, but there are no black people and no Latino right. people, right? So, so I emphasize it not because I don't want other communities to participate. I do that because I think there's been a loophole in diversity where something can be diverse absent of black people and Latino people. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure I'm injecting that, especially since the data shows that we are driving this industry but you know i i'm very focused on women women of color we are taking over the world we've taken over the world all the stellar women out there (laughs) yes yeah so one of the ways as access points i will say that i do have a book it's called the clevolution my quest my quest for justice in politics and crypto so it's available in bonds and nobles and amazon People should definitely feel free to follow me on Twitter at CMezzi. Mm-hmm. We're planning a few things. So we're planning a rally in Washington, D.C. on April 4th, nice. calling you know, innovators of color, specifically black and Latino innovators of color, to show up and show that we're present. I need to book my flight for that. Yeah. There you go. And, and, and I would say, you know, one of our ba- biggest barriers to entry or even to the growth of the adoption we have is education. It's education, education, education. And we need to do more of that. And that's one of the great things I've loved working with the Blockchain Association and Stellar is to make sure that we're engaging communities, making sure we're educating them, making sure we're 
providing access to resources. So I'm excited. I'm working with Black Canadian Association. We'll be launching a foundation, a 501c3, wow. that will be focused just on education. Because the, the plan is to actually go into key communities, go into El Paso, go into Detroit, go into Oakland, like go into the Bronx, and, and, and collaborate with the financial literacy centers, the HBCUs, right, the libraries, these public institutions that already have the consumer base, and they just need industry partners, and we can do town halls, tutorials. We can hear from them what they need, and we can pro provide it. One of the, th the reasons I love Stellar is every time there's been a need, they've met it. You know, one of the, the Stellar last year spoke at the Congressional Hispanic Institute annual conference mm -hmm. and presented and talked about projects that they're doing with entities like Visa, like the Tala Project, which is awesome. Yeah. And as I mentioned I'm Haitian American and we actually did a briefing for the embassy of Haiti with wow. the ambassador and Stella spoke and Danelle spoke and one of the participants said we would like to create a community in Haiti and Danelle said sure we'll be there to support and you know the, the team with Ark and others are about to launch a, a, a Haitian blockchain alliance wow. in Haiti for the developer community there to actually grow it so mm. it, it's really really about, you know, the industry is happy to respond, happy to connect. We just need to do some of that matchmaking, and I'm hoping the foundation can do more, more of that and connect our industry players with the folks they need to be so they can actually fuel this decentralized economy. Wow. I mean, I, I, we could definitely just end on that right there. It's incredible, um, Clev. I mean, what you've done, what, what the future looks like. And just want to say that, you know, I appreciate you stopping by. I'm excited as anything that, that I can do, our community can do to help support you. Yeah. We are 100% behind you. Um, look, thank you for the work that you're doing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, we're just trying, you know. So we're out here at South by Southwest. Uh, the incredible... Uh, Stellar uh, NFT hackathon is going on 48 hours. We're having a lot of fun. We're making some strong connection. It's so great to be out. Um, make sure to follow along. Thank you again so much. The person to follow through, download her book right now because uh, I know I am. Take care. Thank you so much. Thank you.